All right, we got another episode of the 35th and Jackson podcast. Welcome in, as usual, your host, Andy, and my fearless co-host, Brat and Khan. Coming off a disappointing loss in Reeser last Friday night, 19-7, to at the hands of the Washington Huskies. A defensive struggle, to say the least. But uh, got some stuff to get into. Still happy with where things are overall. It was kind of a clunker for the offense, but there's uh, some positive. That's generous, Andy. <laughs> there's still some positives to take away, and there's still a chance to finish the season strong and make some strides. So we will tackle a variety of topics today. Uh, but before we get to that, like to thank this week's sponsor, the Beaver Road Game Initiative. Sick of going to non-competitive Beaver home games? Tired of hearing about needing money for tentative stadium upgrades in 2045? There's a solution. Introducing the Beaver Road Game Initiative. This campaign is dedicated to scheduling 12 OSU road games per season. Think of the money and heartache we can save ourselves by permanently playing on the road. All you have to do is sign a petition and prepare yourself to watch this program soar to new heights. Expect 10 to 12 wins a year with the Beaver Road Game Initiative. Sign it today. Thank you for that. Uh, get out there, get your get your pens out and go sign that petition. I never thought I'd be saying that since it did take us, what, four years to win a road game. But uh, now things have really changed and we can't win at home. So that's that. Um, before, let's see, before we dive in real quick, we had some news we were hit with just before we started i was talking to these guys about it off the air but just we'll give some quick reaction we won't dive into it too much it's pretty fresh but uh jeffrey manning jr uh, has decided to leave the program and transfer so that thins out the secondary a little bit going forward projecting into the future uh you guys have any opinions on that move yeah, it looks like, I mean, we were just talking about it before this, but safety's on the roster. There's not many left. Um, I get it. He wasn't receiving the playing time and all that. Um, but kind of our our take on it is, you know, we have these two JC corners committed and probably going to get a third in Nashon Wright's brother, Rajon, or I've – I, I'm not saying that right, I know, but it's, it's some, uh, some, some name like that. Nashawn and Yeshan. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, and we have a ton of corners in the program, actually. <laughs> so we, we must be, we must be making some personnel changes at that, at that safety position to make up for that. Cause Jalen Moore's graduating and Sean Wilson, granted, he's had a great, he had one great game just last weekend, but uh, he will be thankfully graduating after this year. So interesting development. It'd be interesting to see what what players come in. Tons of new faces will be in the secondary next year. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the let's put Coletto back there and roll out Moran and Coletto and have the two former QBs <laughs> as our safety. It'd be kind of fun to mess with teams. Uh, and yeah, the same as Khan. Who do we play? Put back there. Uh, we have Morris, who is hopefully healthy, but you never know with him. He's day to day. It seems like for health. Um, and we have Arnold, uh, Trajan cotton, uh, two younger guys who am I missing someone else we're missing, but that's it. I mean, there's not a lot of safeties. So uh, I agree. We must be converting someone or, uh, Niners go into his favorite place and found someone on the transfer, uh, portal that he's bringing in. Um, we'll see if there's some news that's going to be coming out, uh, in the few next few days. Andy, did you hear about Sharid Thompson? Did you see that he took a visit this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Him and Christian Wallace are coming back, and I think yeah. Craig Evans on the D-line. So yeah, the Gary Anderson All-Stars took a collective six snaps uh, as, a, as a trifecta, and they were all from Christian Wallace on offense. Cool. Okay, um, moving on. Um, well, real quick, I'll just say I guess my piece on that is, yeah, you guys, you guys covered it, but, uh, you know, uh, defensive backs don't grow on trees, but they do grow inside of transfer portals. So stay tuned. Okay, so back to it. We got a little sidetrack there. 19-7 to loss to Washington. 
fantastic game by the Oregon State defense. They balled out. They they made they made Jacob Eason look like Siler Miles, and they were all over the place. Incredible. Actually, Siler was more successful against our defense. Um, but they were they were flying around. It was really encouraging to see. Um, really fired up for what they were bringing to the table. And it all would have been great, except for the fact the offense never came out of the locker room. I didn't see, I didn't see an offense. And for uh, the, you know, second time this season and for some other stretches as well, but it it was a lot of like the Utah game on offense, just playing a physical defense that, that brings pressure and had no response for it, had nothing going. And the few times that they did, shot themselves in the foot with penalties and errors. And next thing you know, not a single point was scored by the offense. So rough one to go down. But like I mentioned at the top, lots lots of football still left with three games here um, to make some strides. Break it down for me. What do, what do you guys have? It felt a lot like the Utah game in the sense that Con turned to me midway through the third and said, do they have our playbook? I mean, it was the same same uh, scheme where we just could not move the ball against them. They dominated our offensive line. Um, Luton just did his normal thing, it seems like, against uh, high-pressure teams. He gets sacked once or some pressure, and then he wilts. He locks onto his first receiver and doesn't um, go on to anyone else. He just cowers in the pocket a little bit. Uh, he is a, a fine quarterback when you play mediocre to bad defenses, um, but not such a great quarterback against these elite defenses. And uh, we're lucky to have our defense keep us in that game. I mean, it was a three-point game or whatever it was into the third or fourth quarter um, because of it. Uh, it's just unfortunate to see that it came against a, a very beatable Washington team, and it came when our defense played maybe their best game all year. Um, our offense just had nothing going for it. Yeah, hats off to Timmy T. I'm uh, my man crush is uh, slowly developing. Our, turns in the best defensive performance they've had in a long time. I want to say three, four years. Scores on defense, mm-hmm. which I didn't know we could do that still. Um, and then we, I think, I want to say Washington was 5 of 17, I believe, on third downs. I mean, some pretty crazy stats, and then they get the short field. I, I swear Washington had the ball at the 50-yard line half their possessions, and yet we only allow 19 points. So <clears throat> kind of a waste there, but Brock, Brock kind of alluded to this, It's and, it, and something I've gone back and watched the film on because – you know, I want to. I'm not going to bash Jake Luton. He's won four games this year, and he's looked pretty good doing it. Um, but he's just. A, I mean, he's a mediocre bottom of the bottom half of the Pac-12 QB. Um, they are winning on scheme and scheme alone. Um, you can tell when they're playing these weaker defenses or defenses that have holes. Just at at whether it's at linebacker, whether it's at um, safety, whether it's at D line the scheme that Jonathan Smith and Brian Langren have put together is just, they're just out scheming and exploiting people's weaknesses so much to a point where they're rolling up 56 against Arizona because we're, we have this scheme that can beat these teams with a mediocre QB and make them look great because, you know, we, he has easy throws, tons of easy completions, gets them in a rhythm. The running games on everything's going great. And physically the offensive line is there. But then when we're when we're stepping up to the big boys and kind of playing a more physical team and having that pressure, but also having to go past your first or second read, it's just a collapse. And it's I mean, it's not it's not a bad thing. Beaver fans should be happy about the four wins, but just understand the reality of our quarterback situation right now is not what it needs to be to be in the upper half of the Pac-12. And that's we're in the lower half of the Pac-12 right now. And that's just the way it is. So it, it's not the sky's not falling. We're not we're we're not saying how bad Jake Luton is. It's just a factual of what he's been through, it, let alone the the broken neck thing, let alone all that. So it, it's a it's a good it's a good positive step forward. And those people questioning the play calling of Brian Brian Lindgren need to just be Duck fans, okay? 
Uh, he's a masterful play caller. He's doing everything he can. They have a, they're handicapped right now, the QB position. So, you know, I don't think fans really understand the scheme that we have on offense and how we can exploit people in less than two years. We've been able to literally win based on scheme. So we don't have the defense to make those game-changing plays and, and create easy scores. That's the thing. The defense is getting there, but they, they're not creating any short fields. They're not creating any um, turnovers besides, you know, what we just saw this last weekend. They're not creating those easy scores that for a mediocre offense can, oh, you get the ball at the 10, it's an easy score. They're not creating those. They're not there yet. And this is the result. And, you know, I know Beaver fans, again, are so upset. And, you know, where'd the offense go? But the, this is just the reality of what's going on. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've 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 supported uh, Jake pretty steadfastly through the season. Like I said, he's not a perfect quarterback, but he's he's good enough to get the job done. I really like what I've seen from him, especially with what he's dealt with in his career and the ups and downs and the injuries and all that. I'm fine with it because again, we just uh, for for people getting upset and all that. I mean we do need a dose of reality sometimes and, and just realize that not too long ago, the, the QBs we were rolling out there and um, just be thankful that we have at least a competent one. Um, I mean, we had Nick Mitchell starting at quarterback for us at one point. So I just, please remember that and uh, keep a good perspective uh, about things, but yeah, he, he needs to work on it. But of course that goes on the offensive line as well, giving up that pressure. I mean, the, as you know, we can say, we can blame things on Luton and, and certainly there's room for him to improve against some pressure and, and stand in there. And he's had moments where he's done a little bit better than others, but also it's on the offensive line. Uh, same against as they were against Utah. They just got bullied by that D line. And so they, they need to take that on upon themselves as well. Um, and I, I think uh, Blake Brendel, he, he was uh, pretty honest about that after the game, he was not happy said we just didn't execute we were not doing what we we're supposed to be doing it was on them so i appreciate him taking the the blame for that um because that they all know they have to be better so that that's another piece of it uh but going forward yeah we got asu and then washington state i think they can move the ball against those teams and they've got real shots to win if you win two more games and you get to six uh, I mean, that's that's not that crazy to say with the schedule coming up. There is a chance. They're going to be tough games, but there's a chance. Then I think you're feeling a lot better, and you're realizing where things are going now. You know, you got still have three games to win two. Again, I think we all agree on this. A bowl game is an absolute bonus at this point. If you do that in year two, you're great. So we'll see what happens this week, and we'll get into that matchup. But – Right now, let's get into uh, not game brats this week. We wanted to switch it up a little since it is going to be senior day at Reeser this coming Saturday against ASU. Um, so let's give a, a, a career brat of sorts for you guys with the, the seniors. Who would your uh, brat go to for a career and, and what they've meant to Oregon State football? I mean, it's kind of cliche, but Artie's been my guy since he stepped on campus. Um, but I think we could all agree, Ari, of all the seniors are losing, really the only one that means anything significant is Artavis Pierce. Uh, just the, the steadfastness he's brought. I mean, being a backup <clears throat> to Ryan Nall, then stepping in, you know, looking like a great back, then getting hurt, then coming back then getting benched again. And, you know, I mean, just the up and downs he's gone through in his career, but the steadfastness he's shown as a player, I mean, I think he's going to leave Oregon State as with the highest yards per carry average of a running back. So uh, that says something in itself. And just the teammate he is, the, the football player he is on all sides. I mean, uh, contrary to what, you know, some people may think, I actually – I think he has a much better chance of a long NFL career than Jamar Jefferson just because of the injury proneness that Jefferson has showed, but also as he showed in this uh, UW games, the stone hands that he has. Um, and Pierce has played all the special teams too. That's the other thing he is 
over Jefferson as he's been playing in those special teams for a while. And so he's going to be great at the next level. And he has the speed. He has the breakaway speed. We showed that. He showed that plenty. Um, and he's that complete back and pass pro, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, I know it's cliche, but I would, I would be uh, shaming myself if I didn't go with Hardy. Yeah, I think we as a as a group here have been the biggest Artie fans for the longest. Con leading the charge since wanting Artie over Ryan Nall his freshman yep. year. Uh, that's yep. that's one hundred percent true. I remember that. I remember laughing at him uh, for it. But he has been an Artie lover since day one. Um, <clears throat> mine career bra is going a little bit in the same direction, but Blake Brandell. Uh, he I think could finish off starting all forty eight games of his career. Uh, I think he had, has started all 12 at all three years so far. Uh, he is just a, a workhorse on the offensive line. He's been through a lot. He's out of central Catholic. He's a local homegrown player and he's a, he's a barely, a really good offensive lineman for our team. Um, so he's been leading the charge for a long time and he's been a part of the reason that, um, we've had the successful running backs that we've had in the few years while we have been pretty atrocious in a lot of offense and a lot of football in general. Uh, Brandell has been here uh, and been quite the player for us. So for a career bra, I got to give it to Blake Brandell. Nice. I like it. Um, Mine's going to have to go to big cat for his 12th year of service. (laughs) Um, That guy was like a team manager when we were in college and he's been there ever since uh, for every sport doing everything. So uh, I don't really know. I mean, he's, have we honored him for senior day? I don't know. Maybe I missed it. Um, Anyways, that's beside the point. I'm sorry. It was mostly a joke, but still props to big cat. Um, Gosh, it's a tough one with what you guys left me really you guys really went outside the box so that's good you really you really dug deep on your seniors so nice job um gosh i would have to say i mean you some some that i'm like teetering you got gus you got jalen jake i'm surprised you're not saying your favorite player i gotta go i'm gonna have to say my brat would go to Jake just because of <laughs> what I mentioned before. He, you know, he's been through a lot of stuff, been through some crazy times in Corvallis. He's been literally broken in half um, and sewn back together. Night. Um, and some little child brought him a cupcake at a lonely hospital up in Washington. And here he is today. He's walk, not only walking, but he can throw a football. <laughs> And he's doing pretty well uh, with that. Only threw two interceptions on the year. What do you have, 20, 20 touchdowns? So, you know what? I got to give it to Jake Luton. He's hung in there through some tough times. Got a 12th year of eligibility like Big Cat. Came back, and he's got the program pointing in the right direction. And uh, it's, you just like to see a success story like that uh, for him. So I, I'm happy for him. And uh, he'll, he'll be someone that's kind of remembered as helping to kind of galvanize things and get it turned back in the right direction. So I'll give it to Jake Luton, even though he's a cheater and already got to do senior day last year and already has his framed Jersey. So, uh, he'll get it once again. Andy, can we do an anti anti senior bra? Ooh, I think or... that would, what do you mean by that? Does that mean shaming somebody or does it mean well, picking someone who's I mean, not a senior? <laughs> in the past, there's been, there's been seniors that, you know, have been announced on senior day that I'm just like, oh, good for us that he's leaving, you know? Yeah, uh, we'll save that for the after hours one. Okay. Um, we'll keep it a little more positive. <laughs> I think everybody... Today. Everybody every- probably knows who I'm talking about, but um, <laughs> moving actually, on. there's two. There's two. So, <laughs> there's two we'll in my stick. anti-top five players of all time. Oh, my. And actually, one of one of okay. them is definitely okay. in there, but, okay. but one of them is not even worth – he doesn't even play anymore. That's shoe care. He oh, doesn't even okay. play anymore. He did it. He did so, it. He did yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I put the kibosh on that, but uh, did, a name did slip out. Uh, you didn't hear that. <laughs> Um, anyways, moving on, we'll, we'll keep it positive, uh, for the sake of the, the, the 
kind-hearted folks out there but just know you can follow connor on twitter if you really want to know his opinions on things <laughs> um or follow him and for more than five minutes around anywhere and he'll get worked <laughs> up about something um so anyways that was our career brought uh so we want to we want to do that <laughs> senior day on saturday that'll be great hopefully get another good crowd i want to do a quick change of subjects um so our producers were not happy about this they were fighting me tooth and nail but i i gotta mention i'm sorry it's you know we we are to bring you beaver sports and whether that's positive or negative we're supposed to cover that give your thoughts and opinions here you just said all positive andy you just (laughs) cut me off but i have to but i have cut your ass no but i have to because oregon state basketball is in fact two and zero. Okay, it's very early in the season. We get it. Okay, it's been a sore spot, but they did beat Iowa State in Gill Coliseum on Saturday, and they played well. And I saw some things I liked. I saw more of a sense of urgency. I saw ball movement with an actual purpose here and there. Um, some tenacity on defense. I liked it, but really the story is Trey Stinkle. This team will go as far as he takes them. He absolutely exploded. Six of eight from three was an absolute freak um, with some help from his buddy Kyler Kelly and Ethan Thompson, though he had a poor shooting night, did make his presence felt. Uh, but we'll see what happens going forward. Another big test. Uh, you got it tonight uh, against Oklahoma at the Moda Center. So we will reserve judgment for now, but wouldn't be right. We do have to give a shout out to Oregon State Hoops. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but it did happen. So they are playing, and again, we all wish for them to prove us wrong. I mean, that was a a, a good win for Wayne Tinko beating Iowa State, going down, and or coming back from being down. Most teams that past teams would have wilted in those situations. Um, the fifth year senior Trace took a, a upon themselves as a win. I believe I read in the Carry article that that was Wayne's first win against a power five non-conference team. Um, <clears throat> that's pretty sad five years into it, uh, especially considering I'm, I'm watching uh, Evansville, Kentucky and Evansville is up on number one, Kentucky with seven seconds right now. So I, if Evansville can win a non-conference power five team on the road, I think Wayne could have done it by now. Keeping it positive again, this team <laughs> is going as far as trace goes. You say, they uh Reichel looks better in two games, which is much needed. Um, they need to figure out this point guard situation. I don't like uh Ethan playing the point guard and not off ball. Um, Ethan is our best defender. I don't need him doing everything. Well, sort of our best defender. Um, and Vernon should get more time. I don't like that Vernon didn't play in the expedition exhibition game, and Wayne just brushes it off and then he gets 15 minutes against Iowa State. Something seems odd there. Uh, but I'm looking forward to tonight and seeing some more action against real opponents. We're getting a good gauge. Iowa State was a tournament team last year. I believe Oklahoma was on the verge. They may have made it last year. I don't recall. Um, so these are real teams that we're playing, real gauges for how we're going to do in the Pac-12. Um, both of those conferences are probably better than the Pac-12 conferences too. Yep. Uh, obviously, yeah, it's a good start. Long way to go. Um, and I also want to mention, too, real quick, uh, that that Iowa State team, just the eye test, I don't think they played anywhere close to their best game, but uh, I, that was a good-looking team. They're a long, athletic team. Um, you can see why people like them this year. And that uh, Hallie Burton kid was pretty fantastic. He, like, didn't even want to shoot in the first half, and then the coach finally told him to. He's He's pretty money. He's got a weird unorthodox shot, but he's long and he's a good ball player. So you can see why they're high on him, but it's nice to get off to the hot start 2-0. And uh, if they go 3-0 tonight and beat Oklahoma, then we've got something to start talking about. That'll be a great start for them and by far the best that they've had um, in quite some time. And certainly in Tinkle's area, that'll be the best start just based on quality of opponent. Um so we'll leave that there. I appreciate you yeah, guys for so humoring me. I'd just me. like to jump in. Sorry, I blacked out there. Yeah, uh, I didn't. Two, figured you weren't going to say anything. Two and zero start Thursday. Gil Coliseum um, versus DePaul. Uh, Scott Rook's going to take the basketball the basketball team for Oregon State. Uh, two 
Gill to play DePaul. So I'm looking forward to that. You guys going to be at that game? I That's the only basketball team I know of for the Beavers. Yes, the women's team uh, will be strong again this year. Um, but starting the season off ranked seven in the country, and uh, they will sweep Oregon. You heard it here first. Thank you for that, Connor, reporting on the women's side. Uh, let's go to uh, our look around the rest of the Pac-12. Uh, you know, there was some uh, – Oregon and Utah were off, so nobody outside of uh, alumni of the schools playing were watching the Pac-12 this weekend. Um, but what did you guys see? So, um, go ahead, Brock. Go ahead. I was going to say I didn't watch any uh, Pac-12 football this weekend. Uh, oh, I was in uh, I was out at Smith Rock, and so I was enjoying some outdoor sunshine after the beatdown and the pain that we endured on Friday night. So I don't have much to say. The only score that surprised me when I came back was the fact that uh, ASU lost to USC. It wasn't shocking or anything. I just thought ASU off their bye uh, would come out against USC and win, but USC had that giant first quarter, um, and that was just enough to hold off ASU for the game. And ASU hopes starter and quarterback was hurt that yes yeah so, so then, going back to uh what andy had said about the you know i thought he was uh, on some strong drugs when he texted me after the washington game confidently proclaiming <laughs> we will beat arizona state and washington state but i mean call me crazy but i don't think he's seen it clear um because of the it's it's again we go back to the mediocre lower half of the pac-12 defenses which washington state just gave up 33 points this last weekend to cal correct and the same guy's last name is monster he he's not even as good as jack lomax okay (laughs) not even as good as jack lomax and he scored 33 points against washington state's defense yes um so I think Andy's onto something there because Wazoo's just not. I mean, they're they're off this year, and of and of course they. I think if they would have beaten Oregon, it would have been a different story the rest of the season. But I don't think they care anymore. Um, Leach obviously doesn't care anymore. <laughs> um, Did he ever though? Has he ever? I, that's true. <laughs> so, you know, Arizona State. Like Andy said, backup QB, but they didn't look – I mean, they lost to a decent USC team by five, but it's like they've been giving up points too. So we're, we're not running into that opponent that's going to limit us. I mean, and if, and if people don't remember, if Jake Luton wouldn't have had a stroke before the Stanford game, they probably would have scored 50 points against Stanford because they – in one quarter we scored 28 and Stanford couldn't stop us. The only thing that stopped us was ourselves in the previous quarters. So, you know, I'd say as a medium, probably, you know, the number six defense in the Pac-12, but everybody else, I mean, Wazoo and Arizona State are lower than that. So it's like we've proven we can even move it against the the physicality isn't the problem um, with us being able to match up at least. It's just, okay, where can we exploit? Where are the weaknesses? Um, So I'm looking – I'm looking at those games and I'm, I'm seeing, you know, Andy could have been way ahead. I mean, a week ahead of his time, I guess, um, by proclaiming that last week. And I think Beaver nation should feel confident. Wazoo's on the road. Don't think that's a bad thing. Um, as we've discussed earlier and ASU, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that ASU will not have their starter back on uh, Saturday. Uh, have we heard anything about an update uh, on his health? Brat, you're usually it, on these. It things. seems like it seems like he um, has a chance. I mean, it was a pretty. He was real close to playing, from what I understand, this weekend. Um, it was kind of last minute. Like, all right, he's. I think it, Herm Edwards said on the post game show it went to like Thursday, and they're like, okay, okay. Uh, he can't go. But there, I think there's a pretty solid chance he plays Saturday. And let and let's not forget both the Arizona State. And the Washington State offensive lines are probably bottom half Pac-12. The Beavers have shown they can get pressure um, when it's not a dominating offensive line. So I know we're getting a little bit ahead, but I, I'm looking at the preview of Beaver defense coming through 
with some big plays, and especially a freshman QB for um, it would be regardless, it'd be a freshman QB for Arizona State. Yep. So build that momentum, and you know, I don't know who Wazoo has this week, um, but actually, I do. Stanford. They have Stanford this week. Um, so what the heck? How is Wazoo favored by ten and a half against Stanford? <laughs> I was going to give our yeah. betting lines. <laughs> um, but uh, they're going to be run down. I mean, they're going to. It's going to be a long drag out game. So, you know, it, it, the next two weeks are looking pretty good right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's there's a real possibility, and we'll get into uh, breaking down ASU here in a second, but uh, I do feel just based on trajectory, based on the how the Beavers have played against a slightly lesser uh, opponents um, than some of the top four or five teams in the Pac-12, uh, I think there is a chance to pick up those two wins. Uh, I like the chances, um, and it would be nice to go get the, get the home win finally in the conference game. Um, but you – Sort of teased it, Connor. There with uh, looking ahead at some lines. Let's uh, let's do some bet on Brian and cons con and see what are the hot betting lines this week. Cons cons. I like that one and changing it up a little bit there. Oh, uh, Brian, see... that's been for two weeks well, now. Yeah, You've been asleep. You brought... No cons yeah, calls. Brought... It's been calls, no cons not... con. No, I changed it like two weeks ago. I think that was yeah, when you were doing this. Bro. You were scuba diving. I, I was stroking out. I was stroking out for sure. All right. Uh, Stanford, Wazoo. Yeah, Wazoo favored by 10.5 at home. Uh, they're not that good. Neither is Stanford, but are they good enough to get a 10.5 point line? I don't think so. Um, so I would take Stanford in that one. Uh, UCLA, Utah, 21 for Utah. Um, at home, I think that's probably right. Uh, but you don't know which UCLA team, this hot team uh, with DTR uh, healthy is a little different than the one, obviously the Beavers played on the road. Um, Oregon, Arizona, that one's at 27 and a half. Uh, probably Oregon's going to cover that one. Uh, we've seen what the Beavs did to Arizona. Um, Oregon's defense is better than Oregon State's. We know that. And then Cal USC, uh, USC's favored by six and a half on the road. Um against Cal, they should win that one by more than six and a half. So the Pac-12 the Pac lines look good. Um, the rest of the the uh, slates of games are even better. I found quite a few on my first go-around that I liked. Um, Florida, number 11 Florida, on the road at Missouri. Uh, they're favored by seven. I, I take them to cover that one. Wisconsin on the road, favored by 14 and a half at Nebraska. Um, I take Wisconsin to cover that one. Uh, Michigan, Michigan state, um, Michigan's home favored by 13 and a half, take them on that one as well. Um, so I just, I couldn't believe how many games there were, uh, my favorite one and the one I'm most intrigued by, but I lost the line on it, but Ohio state Rutgers con, uh, we got Ohio <laughs> state at, I think it was 53. I could be wrong there. I think it was 53 was the line. I, I lost where it was. Um, what do you, what do you take on that? So I'd just like to point out a little context. Last week, uh, I went with my usual Ohio State pick. They were 43-and-a-half-point favorites, and they won 73-14. to 14. So just for you doing math at home, they, they covered 59 points there. Um, this week, Brock brought just hit it on the head with that Wisconsin game, and um, I'm looking at that Ohio State game, and I'm saying 70-10. to 10 is going to be the score. Um, Ohio State's been killing people. So, yes, that will cover the 53 points. And you'll thank me later. It's me playing – this year it's Ohio State. It's me playing NCAA football. It's literally – that's it's how – that's yeah, the game. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous what they're doing. So, another thing I've seen in the Big Ten, which I, I think – I, I feel like this is a misprint. But I, I just don't see how this is – well, whoa. I'll get to that one in a sec. Minnesota, two and a half point dogs at Iowa. Minnesota's going to win that. They just oh, beat, yeah. they just beat Penn State. Minnesota's going to win that straight up. So that's that's that parlay with Ohio State, and then this and the Wisconsin game and this game. UMass and Northwestern. UMass is a horrible team. <laughs> they they are a garbage team. Okay, 
Northwestern is a one and eight garbage team as well. Somehow they are favored by 40 and a half points. There is no way in what universe can you convince me that a one and eight team is favored over anybody. I don't care if they're over is favored over anybody by 40 and a half. What universe can you, can you tell me that's true? But UMass, it does, it does scare me any, anytime. I mean, UMass football. I mean, no, I mean, it's, it's not happening. Andy. I don't even think Northwestern scored 40 points the whole year combined. Okay. So it is not happening. Bet your lungs. That's, oh my gosh, it's gravy. So again, if you really want to make it happen, the parlay, Wisconsin over Nebraska cover, UMass cover against Northwestern, Ohio State cover against Rutgers, and Minnesota straight up against Iowa. There you go. And yeah, Brad Brad had mentioned those Pac-12 games. Those look pretty juicy to me. I I might be taking out a second mortgage this weekend. So um, I, I would like to point out last week, I think we said I was looking at the UMass Army game. No. Old Miss New Mexico State. Old Miss won forty one three. Let's just say that. This week New Mexico State has incarnate word, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> That'll be their one um, win. That'll be uh, their win. You you look them up and incarnate word they don't even show they have any stats on the season. That like you look them up on ESPN and you can see, you know, the game preview. Literally, they're blank for Pat for their rushing and passing and receiving leaders season leaders. They're blank. I remember. So, I think go. Arizona played them a couple years ago, and that was the first I'd ever heard of them. And I was like, "Excuse me, I think that's a team you just kind of get you sneak on the schedule and see if you can get away with it." And they just they rally up some movie set props and fake uniforms from Hollywood, and they just put them on people off the street so you can give your fans a show. So, that's kind of what I imagine. That's you will never convince me that that's a, a real school or even a real thing. So uh, keep your eye on that one. I don't have any bets this week. I'm not. I'm not indulging. I, I pick those very carefully. But uh, you guys brought up a lot of good points. There's some fun ones out there, and uh, those Pac-12 lines interesting. Connor, the one, the the Minnesota one. You're absolutely right. What the heck? Why? Why? Uh, that's Stop. That's shocking. Stop. That's that shocking is shocking. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Washington State, it's kind of weird, but it's one of those games I, I do think they could take it to Stanford. Their offense is still good. It's still capable. I don't know. But there's there's some interesting ones out there for sure. You guys brought up some good ones. So let's uh, put the foot on the gas and, and finish this one up strong. Talked about ASU. You know, they're coming in. They've been a competitive football team. They kind of like last year, uh, started off real hot, shot out of a cannon, and have really slowed down since they are five and four overall, two and four in conference, coming off a tough loss to SC. Of course, they were missing their quarterback, um, who could play this weekend. We'll see, uh, but that's where they're at. Herm Edwards' coach team, they they you know they play hard, they try to play mistake free, but it's going to be a good matchup. What do you guys see in this one? Yeah, I mean, ASU's defense is pretty good. Uh, it's probably the next, the top of the next tier after Utah, Oregon, and Washington's D, uh, fighting with or- uh, California probably. Um, they're a good defensive team that can stop us. They don't allow a lot of rushing yards. Um, but unlike Cal, they actually have an offense that's competent. Um, Jaden Daniels, Daniels is a really good quarterback, a freshman that's learning uh, what it means to play in the Pac-12 and is getting better every week that he plays. Uh, their backup is Yellen, a kid that I believe Niner was recruiting pretty hard last year, um, but ended up signing with ASU. And he looks pretty good, but he slings it around in a little less accurate first start. So I agree with Colin when he said earlier, it probably depends on what quarterback is playing, um, what exactly is going on here. Um, the the Sun Devils uh, don't rush very well. Uh, I think it was less than 50 yards against USC this weekend is what I read. Um, and so that will be interesting to watch if we can get the pressure on them, keep them from running and force their quarterback to throw. Um, I, I mean, I think that was the game plan we wanted against Washington and it worked out decently well. 
um, for us there. Our defense played well, forced uh, the turnovers there. If they're playing that backup, I see some more turnovers for um, for uh, Oregon State. So I think it comes down to stopping them, forcing them to run, who's playing uh, quarterback. And then for the Beavs, it comes down to establishing that run. Uh, like I said, they're a good, they're a good rush defense, um, good defense in general. So establishing the run um, and going off that with play action. Uh, I don't think the weather is going to play any factor in this. I don't think we have any freeze the fork status here, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. Those are always a fun game for us. Yeah, I don't know if I'd put them in the same breath as Cal there, bro. I think you're uh, maybe uh, hyping it up a little bit too much with their defense. Um, I do know that Herm, he likes to shorten the game. So his coaching style is very, you know, limit the possessions, therefore limit the time my defense is on the field, therefore my stats look a little bit better. I think they're middle of the road at best. I can. I think Cal's defense is pretty dang good. They just get put in a lot of crappy holes because their offense is so bad. Again, their their quarterback is not even as good as Jack Lomax. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for the Beefs to score a lot. Um, they're going to have to get over that. They Arizona State plays that 3-3-5 defense, that Rocky Long San Diego State style. Um where they're, you know, bringing pressure from all over the place, but but really weird looks um, at it. And however, it's like they don't they don't have those guys up front that are studs. So and they don't have the guys in the back end that are studs either. It doesn't mean the scheme's going to be easy or anything like that. I think it's going to be an adjustment. I think you're probably going to see some stuff early in the first quarter that's not going to be pleasing, and you're going to be like, oh, here we go again. But it's going to be up to uh, Coach Smith and Lindgren to figure out how we will be moving the ball. We're probably going to hopefully resurrect the wide receiver screen at some point in our lifetime because um, we have great players that can accomplish that that play, but we just don't do it. Um, and look for Artavis Pierce and Jamar Jefferson to bust a few big runs because the one thing, when they're bringing all this pressure, the gap integrity is not there. And I think it was, I want to say, three or four years ago, Arizona State was playing the same type of defense. Um, and Storm Woods had like 150 yards. So I don't need to say any more about that because that's obvious what that means. Um, I think he had even a 60-yard run, I want to say. So it, it'll look for, again, adjustments to be made, but it's going to be low-scoring probably a little bit ugly in the first few series i have a feeling however i see this game coming down to the beaver defense making some plays um giving the offense a short field um some sacks some some third and longs that maybe a strip sack goes in there i mean whatever you want to call it i think the defense is gonna gonna show up for this and i'm hoping that the offense can do enough to win um and, and it'll be contrary to the Cal game because the, the Cal game was kind of like, okay, if you can just put together a few drives, the Cal offense can't put together one drive. So, you know, if you can put together two, you're fine. <laughs> this game is going to be a little bit different in that the offense is just going to not have to make that big mistake, um, but then they're going to have to capitalize when they can um, later in the game. It's going to be a four-quarter game, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm hoping either Jamar Jefferson plays and is his normal self or he doesn't play. I'm really kind of sick of this halfway in, halfway out. Oh, you make one nice run and somehow you're hurt. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm kind of tired of it. It disrupts the flow of the offense, doesn't allow anybody to get in gear, not just him, but the whole offense, because the, the play calling is different with him and Pierce in the game. Um, so, anyways – that's where I see it going. One quick, one quick observation is, and I don't know if we'll see it the rest of the year, but will the Beavers kick a field goal this game or the rest of the year? Okay, well, I'll just answer that right now. No. All right, moving on. Okay, thank um, you. What I see in this game, very simple. Um, I would like to say, Brat, you did bring up they haven't been rushing the ball as well. Uh, ASU. Um, all I would like to say is go somewhere in your mind with me, Brock. Close your little your little eyes. 
and go somewhere in your mind, I want to take you to the campus of Arizona State, September of 2018. What did you see that night? <laughs> uh, I saw Eno Benjamin rush for 700 yards against us. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> right. And while I, while I am with you, I do think the defense has improved, and uh, I don't foresee that happening again. That little doubt creeps back into my mind every time I try to envision something positive in this game. <laughs> I'm transported back to that fateful night. Um, I was the only running back all year to outshine Jamar Jefferson, and it was quite a stellar effort by our defense to make that happen. I, I remember that one play he broke no fewer. That I think he he broke 11 tackles, everybody on the defense, and then he he abruptly turned around and went back for more. And I think he went back, he reversed field back towards their own goal line just to break three or four more tackles and then went back up for the, the touchdown. Um, so that's the kind of night it was then. And that's the only thing that gives me pause, or, you know, Benjamin. I argued last year when he was uh, the all-conference back over, over Jamar, that it was only because he had the luxury of facing Oregon State's defense. If Jamar had gotten to go against somebody, who knows what he would have. I mean, we would have probably seen a 1,000 yards and five touchdowns minimum, probably 10. So, anyways, that's what I'm going to say about that. Other things real quick on ASU. I do like that freshman quarterback, Jaden. Uh, he's he's good. He's gotten better every week. Yeah, he had the injury, but he's he's mobile. He can move around, and he's he's shown to be very dynamic. So, he, he scares me a little bit, um, and we haven't – we haven't seen guys that are kind of true dual threats um, lately. I mean, you had Khalil Tate, but it's like I don't—I never know what to make of that guy. Uh, he seems to like only play when he feels like it, and then he just got benched, so it was weird. So that'll be a wrinkle, and then obviously you know Benjamin, and then watch out for Brandon Brandon Ayuk. I think the receiver. That guy's a freak. He's an absolute playmaker, and he'll be all over the field. So you got to key in on him. Um, uh, all the games I've watched this season, he just jumps off the, the screen. He's a really good player. So watch out for him. It's going to be a tough game. I like the Beavers' chances, but, of course, as you'll see in my prediction, I can't uh, pick them to win because that's that'd do a disservice. Um, so well, let's see what happens here. What do you guys got for the score? Well, Andy, you, you, you predict first. Okay. You always okay. predict the last, so right. you predict first. Okay, let me. I'll, I'll give it to you right now. Um, staying true to form to try to keep uh, the hope alive and feel better if they do win instead of setting myself up for failure. I'll just say, I'll say ASU uh, twenty-four, Oregon State twenty. Um, again, I really, I really think the Bees will win the game, but again, I just got to stick with protocol here. Uh, my prediction, ASU 24, Oregon State 20. And uh, I'll stick with a similar protocol, but a diff- different rhyme and reason. 31-28, Beavs. And, um, <laughs> he really wants this to happen. Know, I, it's, it's going to happen. He's been it's stuck on it. Happen. We've all been stuck I, on it. I, I feel it's going to be a four-quarter game, but again, Beaver fans are going to have an aneurysm the first quarter because we're, it's not going to look good on offense. Um, but we'll make the adjustments. So there you go. Mm, man, I just keep coming back to home games where we score, you know, seven points on offense if yep. we're not playing King Pauly. And it's got me stressed. And I, honestly, I had flushed that game out of my mind, Andy, and was not thinking about, you know, I was only focusing on Daniels. And now you bring him up. I, Man, I've got freaking heartburn right now thinking about it. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, there's a lot of things to, to worry about here, but I got to take uh, stick with what I was thinking beforehand. Uh, ASU 27, uh, Oregon state uh, 24, no 21. We're not kicking a field goal. Who am I joking? 27, 21. There you go. Yes. And I did, I said 20 for Oregon state score, but that's not by kicking field goals. It's probably, I think it will be a missed extra point or something. So just want to make that clear since I answered Khan's question so abruptly. Um, so that's that. Um, let's go to our tailgate plans. I will be, uh, as usual, sitting on the couch. Uh, but this t- time, joined by my father, 
Tim is in town, so that'll be great. Have someone to watch it with. What are you guys doing? Well, uh, I just I I have a box. That's all I'm going to say about that. Don't want to reveal too much. Trying to keep a tight company policy, <laughs> but I have a box. Yeah, it includes a full. I would like to say it includes a full meal brought to me at my seat in the box. Oh yeah, but and don't Phil please please be, don't tell us too much. I know you would hate. Phil to tell is going to be much. attending and some other. I mean, when I say Phil, who do I mean? There you go. <laughs> that was oh, a good yeah. one. That was a good one. I'll give you that. Uh, oh, Khan's just leaving us. He's no longer one of us peasants that sits in the old side or up in the top. He is too good for us now. Goes up in the the luxury boxes. Uh, I have not made my tailgate plans. Um, obviously, Khan and I almost always tailgate together, but my, I'm still a peasant status in this society. So I will have to establish what I will be doing. Um, in the next couple of days and figure out where we're going to do what we're going to do. Yeah. That's interesting too. Cause you think like, as like, you know, being a really close friend of, of his, like you might even get an invite, but I guess that's not happening. So that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I guess. Yeah. That's really interesting. Brought. Well, I, I do wish you the best. Um, I can't feel good, but I do wish you the best in that and, and hope you have a successful and safe tailgate. So that about brings us to our bitter end here. Uh, before we go, want to mention again, because you guys brought it up, how, how rough it's been at home. Why don't you go out and sign the Beaver Road Game Initiative? Sick of going to non-competitive Beaver home games? Tired of hearing about needing money for tentative stadium upgrades in 2045? There's a solution. Introducing the Beaver Road Game Initiative. This campaign is dedicated to scheduling 12 OSU road games per season. Think of the money and heartache we can save ourselves by permanently playing on the road. All you have to do is sign a petition and prepare yourself to watch this program soar to new heights. Expect 10 to 12 wins a year with the Beaver Road Game Initiative. Sign it today. Well, we are out of time. Anything for the road? Well, I'd like to say I. this is just, this is sick that I'm even looking at this right now. If, guess, guess what, guess what season tickets cost more men's or women's basketball <laughs> women's they should yes brian yes the men have a have a special going right now that is cheaper than the women's basketball season tickets. i have no issue i have no issue with that considering yeah. where the I, programs are I, at i know i neither do i but they that's 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 fun yes that is remember and i'd like to say i i thought of this too in my depressing uh debacle Remember when it was commit to Wayne four years ago and you'd get season tickets for really cheap for the next three or four years? Yeah, well, we're back to even under that price. So if you would have committed to Wayne, you would have been paying more. You would have been paying more this year than you could have just walking up and getting a season ticket. Thank you for that uplifting note, Connor. Uh, Anything else? Mario's a fraud. Thank you. Go beeps, and we'll see you next week. Mario's a fraud.